first to Canberra with uh, Laura on sabbatical from the program. Uh, tonight's stunt double is uh, Bernard Keane, political editor at Crikey. It's good to have you back, Bernard. The, uh, the government's um, housing bill looks set to pass after a hell of a stalemate with the Greens. What's the deal? The deal is surprisingly simple, Philip. That's uh, one of the most interesting things about this, of course. This has been going on forever. Um, the government's been trying to get its $10 billion um, uh, housing infrastructure fund through uh, Parliament. It was election commitment and they've been trying for quite some considerable amount of time. Uh, and the Greens have been blocking it for all that time with the support of the coalition. Um, because they've basically argue, been arguing that it's not enough, that we need uh, uh, national rental caps uh, to protect renters and uh, and much more spending um, in, in involved with um, social housing. But uh, finally today, the government and the Greens announced that they're all happy about the deal that had been struck, which is, well, there won't be any national rental caps because that's well beyond the powers of the Commonwealth. That's purely a state and territory matter. But there will be an extra billion dollars uh, put into the fund for spending this year. So between uh, the, the $2 billion that Anthony Albanese chucked in earlier this year in an effort to, uh, to drive it through the Senate and the billion dollars announced today, uh, we've seen... Uh, uh, well, I suppose, a, a fairly significant increase in the amount of money that will be spent. But the principle behind the fund is is going to remain. And I've got to say, I've always thought the principle behind the fund was a little bit eccentric. Basically, it's this idea that you sock away $10 billion and you use the interest um, to pay for social housing. Uh, and you leave that sort of that fund sitting there being managed like other Commonwealth money and um, uh, and devote the proceeds of that to a, to an ongoing fund, and that's a good idea in the sense that yes, we need more investment in uh, social and affordable housing. But why they couldn't simply have devoted a significant chunk of um, ongoing Commonwealth expenditure, five hundred million, six hundred million a year, uh, simply out of um, consolidated revenue, rather than setting up a whole new fund complete with um, management fees that will it will inevitably occasion uh, was always beyond me. But nonetheless, that infrastructure facility will now now move ahead. The government would love to uh, to start the week with a win after a pretty ordinary week uh, of quarrelling over Qantas. Nikki, uh, Nikki Savas told insiders it's been the government's worst week since taking office. Do you agree? Oh, far and away. Um, and the, the, the sheer unforced nature of it is what is, I think, the, the most worrying aspect of it. All governments have rough trots. All governments have bad weeks and bad months and sometimes they even have bad years, but they still recover from them. Um, if we can go back to John Howard's first term. I mean, the first half of that was just a was complete mess. Um, so it's, you know, good governments can and do cope with bad weeks. But um, the fact that this one arose purely out of the government's own mistakes and then its failure to clean up after those mistakes is what I think is is the most uh, alarming uh, aspect of it. Really what it did was it made a business-as-usual decision, which was to look after Qantas. Qantas has been looked after by governments of both sides uh, for 
well, A, for far too long, but B, as long as anyone can remember. But in doing so, the government, I think, really misread the mood of the community vis-a-vis uh, Qantas. Well, they and certainly they certainly misread my mood. So, I was delighted to see you venting spleen so spectacularly today. You've written a great piece about Qantas's behaviour in Crikey. What's the issue? Well, look, Qantas is really the poster child for all sorts of long-term bad policymaking in Australia. So Qantas was, as everyone knows, I hope, um, started, used to be government-owned. It was privatised uh, in a process started by the Keating government. Um, and for many years now, it has been the 800-pound gorilla in aviation. It has um, uh, all the characteristics of a gouging monopolist uh, in a really important industry, in a, in a sort of in an infrastructure-related uh, industry, uh, and under current management, it has behaved in a way that really demonstrated contempt both for its own workers and for its customers. Um, and a lot of that, I think, is is really the reflection of the kinds of economic policy making that we've had now for thirty odd years, which is the assumption that. Um, Governments need to get out of the way, and we need to allow, allow corporations to operate in a much uh, much more deregulated fashion, and uh, that the private sector can do and should do everything that governments or most of the things that governments used to do and uh, do them far more effectively, and they should be allowed to get as big as they need to be in order to do those. And, of course, that's the ongoing problem with Qantas is that it is far too big, it is too dominant, it is uh, uh, the incumbent in a very, very concentrated market. And in that form, it is uh, just like any number of companies, large companies in other markets. Australia is a very, very concentrated economy, whether it's our supermarket duopoly, um, whether it's our energy sector. Uh, whether it's our banking sector, all these really crucial sinews of the Australian economy are highly concentrated markets with very, very powerful companies that are very, very politically well-connected. And that's why we've got – I think that's a key reason why Australia, along with a lot of Western economies where the same issue of market concentration is occurring, that's why we've got a productivity problem, that's why we've got a low economic growth problem, that's why we've got a wages problem, problem. Uh, it's why we've got an investment problem, because we have these large companies that dominate their markets, and it is a well-established fact that if you have these sorts of very, very powerful large companies, they reduce investment, they reduce productivity, they curb innovation, uh, they curb wages growth, and they drive up inflation, which has been what's been happening in recent years. So, the, really, the number one problem in the Australian economy, I think, at the moment is a lack of competition. And that's that's exactly the message that the government should have been uh, seeing the opportunity to pursue in relation to Qantas. Instead, it's perceived, quite rightly, as a friend of Qantas, a friend that can't bring itself to make the, the, the hard decisions that might actually increase the amount of competition in a crucial sector like aviation. Let's look at competition of a different sort, and that's for the hearts and minds of the voice referendum. There's a 
No clear sign of improvement in the polls for yes, is there? But campaigners still reckon there's a long way to go. If you look at the way that election campaigns tend to work out, then, uh, yeah, there's there's a long way to go. Um, there can be significant shifts in the polls over the course of that time. Um, and in pretty much every campaign, political campaign, I can ever remember, uh, the polls have always tightened as you got closer and closer to um, the relevant election. So this one's not done and dusted uh, by any measure. What I'm having just literally sort of talked and compared it to an election campaign, though, I find that comparison slightly, or perhaps more than slightly, disingenuous because this isn't an election campaign. Um, this is a one-off question to voters about a very specific issue, and we we have those extraordinarily rarely in Australia. This is not about electing a politician. This is not about electing a political party. This is not about how people feel about the government or the opposition. This is how they feel about a particular proposal that relates to better representing uh, the uh, the views and needs of our first peoples in the policy making process, as well as reflecting their the, the, the their wish for the form of recognition that Australia is going to give them. And yet, the fact that we're all talking about this as though it's an election campaign, I think, uh, is something of a distraction from what this is really all about, which is it's a snapshot of a national mood. And the snapshot at the moment seems to be that they are antipathetic towards the means of, of Indigenous Australians uh, and hostile to the idea of recognition of a form that is actually agreed between um, white Australia and Indigenous Australia. And all of us who are engaged in this game of commenting on this particular issue, I think, need to be much clearer about what that snapshot of the national mood actually really means, which is uh, something that is quite negative about Australia and not so much to do with whether the Yes campaign is succeeding or the No campaign is succeeding. We've just had some more spleen venting from Bernard Keane, political editor at Crikey. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.